are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. We've got so much to talk about in regards to wrapping up the Bachelorette season, mostly talking about The Bachelor, which begins filming tonight at the mansion. The women were released on Friday. Big Brother finale last night. A lot to get to. And we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Dame Products. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share, plus sex that you will look forward to. Use code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order at DAMEProducts.com. That's REALITYSTEVE. Take 15% off your first order at DAMEProducts.com. All right, let's get started. Um, I just mentioned that maybe we were going to be talking a little bit or wrapping up the Bachelorette finale. Actually, uh, there's nothing to wrap up anymore. I mean, it's pretty much said and done. Rachel and Tino are done. Gabby and Eric are still together. There you go. Um, They haven't really said anything new. I've covered it all in the couple podcasts since last Tuesday when the finale aired. So we got to move on to the Bachelor stuff because that begins filming at the mansion tonight. The women were released on Friday, as I expected. You have 32 women that were put on their Facebook page, and by the end of the day, I had 29 of them with their first and last names and their Instagram accounts. It's on my Instagram feed. And by Saturday, I had gotten two of the last three. So the only girl I do not have is Rebecca, I believe, from Santa Monica. So... I'm sure I'll get it at some point, but Rebecca's the only one I don't have. You have all their first and last names and their Instagram accounts that were given to you that day. But the biggest thing that came from Friday's reveal was pretty much what the back half of Friday's podcast was about, the daily roundup, which was the whole Vanessa ordeal. Uh, Vanessa Esparson, who had a Facebook post in 2016 right after the Brock Turner verdict came down, And we all know how problematic that was. Well, (laughs) we don't all know because the amount of, well, she's not wrong, Steve. Oh, good God. Uh, The amount of those that we had, kind of surprising, to say the least. And while, (laughs) yeah, we had a a few defenders of that. And I I just want to explain that whole podcast on Friday, because honestly, it served its purpose. If you saw my tweet yesterday, Vanessa got cut, is not going to be on The Bachelor this season, and honestly, it's for her own good. This isn't some, oh, you were out to get her. No, it was for her own good. I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back, but if I don't post that on Friday and I wait, I guarantee Vanessa's on the show. And the amount of scrutiny that she would have to come under, the distraction it would end up being, knowing she would have to release a statement or a video discussing it is just something they didn't need. I felt by putting it out there on Friday, they weren't going to cast her. It just, it's too much. A lot of you were in agreement that she should not be on the show and she's not. And I really do think that this is somebody that you got to you remember, like, is she going to release a statement now? Is she going to release a video? Maybe. You got to remember, the only people that even know who Vanessa Esparson is are the diehard Bachelor fans who saw that cast release on Friday and saw my tweets or listened to my daily podcast on Friday. 
Most other people don't know. If I were her, I'd probably just put something on Twitter where it was where it was seen, where it was screen grabbed, and leave it at that. She's not ever going to have to address this publicly in terms of you know, doing an Instagram video because she's never going to be a contestant on the show. So the only people who even know she is are the fans, the diehard fans that paid attention on Friday. But when this show releases the bios of all the women that made the show and then we start watching the show in January, nobody will know who Vanessa Esparson is. So it should just be a quick, um, maybe a notes on her Twitter and apologize for her thinking that way and understand that what she said was not acceptable and she should never place the blame on someone who drank too much. I don't care what point you were trying to make and we'll get to that in a second because I do want to talk about some of the reaction that I got to. And I just want to explain to people who came after me saying, why are you trying to cancel this girl? There was nothing about canceling Vanessa. Nothing I said in my podcast on Friday, nothing I tweeted out after the podcast was up on Friday was about canceling Vanessa. I'm not canceling anybody. My point was for her own good and the shows, she shouldn't have been cast after that came up because it would have been a whole ordeal once she was on the show, if she ever made it. And she didn't. So we don't have to worry about it. But this idea that people came to me with, well, she's got a point, Steve. And what happened to freedom of speech? I'll go over both of those points right now. She didn't have a point when her first sentence said, not defending Brock Turner, but. Because the very next, well, it wasn't even the next, you know. The first sentence was not defending Brock Turner. Her second sentence was, but why is the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? She was three times above the legal limit. Right there. Everything else she wrote after that was meaningless. It was pointless because everything else she wrote about that was in support of that sentence right there. Why was the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? Because rape is not a punishment for drinking. I don't care if this girl had a .50 BAL. It didn't deserve her getting raped. So everyone who argued, well, she made a great point. I see what you're saying, but you're, you are conveniently forgetting the first two lines of her post. If Vanessa Esparson posted in 2016 what she did and left out the first two sentences, then it's not a story because then she's just saying, hey, I mean, you're act- the people who made that argument were acting like Vanessa just did a PSA on on." <laughs> on her Facebook page and just said, Hey everybody, just be careful out there. Don't drink too much and don't get blacked out. You always want to be in control of your own body. Yeah, we know that. I think we learned that in high school. She wasn't saying just don't drink. She was saying this in response to the Brock Turner verdict and the Brock Turner verdict. She was saying specifically, why is the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? Everything after that doesn't matter because she's trying to say why that girl should be at fault for drinking. I don't, I'm amazed at how many people didn't see that. You only read the parts that fit your narrative, but I'm sorry, that post was not a PSA about binge drinking. It was a post to defend Brock Turner and place blame. Even though she said later on, well, you know, I don't feel, you know, My heart goes out to the victim. Well, you just spent a paragraph saying that the victim 
should also be at some sort of fault for how much she drank. So your sentence about your heart going out to the victim is meaningless. It's moot. So I, I, I'm stunned at how many people said that. Secondly, this idea about freedom of speech. You guys, yes, she has freedom of speech. Vanessa can say whatever she wants. But how many times have we gone over this? Just because you were allowed to say something in this country, whether it's verbally, whether it's a post on Facebook, a tweet, it doesn't mean it absolves you from a consequence of what you said. Everyone who screams freedom of speech, go on an airplane and just start yelling at the flight attendants and the pilot. Everyone who screams freedom of speech, go up to your boss and tell him to fuck off today. You're allowed to say it. You can't get arrested. You can't go to jail. You can't have anything legally done to you by telling your boss or a person of authority something that you feel the right you want to say. You have the freedom of speech in this country. However, your boss is going to fire you and the airplane is going to kick you off the plane. I'm, I'm amazed again at how many people don't understand what freedom of speech even means in this country. It means the government can't intervene. Now, if you take a country like China, you can tweet something and be arrested in China. That's what's great about this country. We can say whatever we want. We're allowed to give opinions, which Vanessa had an opinion. It was a horrible one, but she's allowed to say it. But there are consequences to your opinion. And you know what? This ended up being a consequence because if she doesn't write that, I never talk about it on Friday, and I guarantee Vanessa becomes one of the women on Zach's season. So she actually did have a consequence to her freedom of speech, and that was not getting cast. This notion that I was trying to bully... I wasn't trying to bully Vanessa. I specifically said, no death threats, don't call her names, don't attack her. My whole point was, they don't need this. She doesn't need this. The fact that she's not going to be in the public eye anymore and will never be in a cast list and will never be you know, on the show even for one night come January 2023 when Zach season airs is good for her. It's a popular thing for her. It's probably the best thing that happened to her. I'm sure it sucks that she didn't get on, but she's got to understand why she's not on. This wasn't about she had a different opinion than me and I was going after her because somebody had a different opinion than me. No, that wasn't it. She's allowed to have an opinion, right or wrong, but you're allowed to disagree heavily with that opinion. And I'm sorry. I think people who read that Facebook post just pretty much focused on the 80% of the post that was just about, hey, women, don't drink so much. Be in control of your body. You don't want to get too drunk. Which, fine. That wasn't some profound statement that she made. We know this. We know that this happens. She was saying, don't drink, great. We learned that in high school, I think. All you have to do is go back to her first two sentences. Not defending Brock Turner, and then spent the rest of the post defending Brock Turner, but then said, why is the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? After she says that sentence, everything else past that doesn't mean anything. Because she is blaming, 
she is putting some of the blame on Chanel Miller. Like I said, go watch the 27-minute video of Chanel Miller talking about this ordeal on 60 Minutes. Then come back to me and tell me if you think that was a stance Vanessa should have had about that case. And yes, Chanel Miller's video didn't come out until 2019. She didn't do that interview until three, four years after the fact. Vanessa wrote that in 2016. I'm not saying Vanessa had to, I can't believe she didn't watch Chanel's video and still had that take. I'm just saying you now who came out and said, well, she kind of has a point. You didn't watch Chanel Miller's video. There's no way you did. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned at how many people had that take that she's not wrong. Is she not wrong about, hey, don't drink too much? Of course, but that's not what the post was about. The post was in response to the Brock Turner verdict. That's when it came out, June of 2016. You look on Wikipedia, the verdict for Brock Turner of him getting six months came out June 2nd, 2016. And her post was right after that. The post that came up on Twitter was on June 9th. So between June 2nd and June 9th, Vanessa, and I don't know how much Vanessa watched the trial or she read about it or whatever, but you talk about, well, people make mistakes and they say stupid things. You got to understand something. This wasn't something where someone caught Vanessa on tape six years ago at a party and she'd said something incredibly offensive. No, she, and I don't know how much she dove into the Brock Turner case, but for whatever reason, after seeing that verdict came down, she took the time and effort out of her day to go on Facebook and publicly write a paragraph about her thoughts. She's allowed to do it? Yes. It's a free country? Yes. She has the freedom of speech to write that? Yes. But that is a horribly ignorant take to write after hearing that case. There's just no other way around it. So I I really hope a lot of people understand that. And... When you make a Facebook post like that, yeah, it can come back to bite you. You talk about this six months, six years ago, Steve, give it up. It's not a big deal. It's not a big I hope she doesn't feel that way now. And I hope she uh, at least puts something out on Twitter. If I were her, I would. But I wouldn't, you know, make a, a huge thing because she's not on the show. She doesn't need to do anything as big. Technically, she doesn't have to do anything because the only people that know about this are the diehard fans, and that's such a very, very small percentage of the audience. If I were her, I would put something out on Twitter. I'd put a statement out on Twitter and hopefully saying that you either didn't pay attention to the case, you didn't understand, you understand better now, but I'm sorry. I don't care how drunk Chanel Miller was, nor should anybody else. Rape is not a punishment for drinking too much. And that's what she was saying in this post. Why is the girl also not at fault for how much she drank? Why everyone else is focusing on the other 80% of the post, I have no idea. But once you say that sentence, I'm sorry, you are then siding with a rapist saying it's not that bad because the girl was completely unconscious. The girl got raped behind a dumpster at a frat party, unconscious. And only got saved because two Swedish engineering students were riding by on their bikes and saw it and tackled the guy and held him down until police came. This could have been way worse. I think we all know that.
Now, another thing is they do this every year. I know a couple of you people have messaged me and said, hey, what's the deal? All the pictures are gone off Facebook. They do this every season. They release the cast early, and they take it down two or three days later, and we're never going to see these women again until they release the bios long after filming is over, probably sometime in December. And like I said, on Friday, it's kind of another reason why I put that out there on Friday, because the reason they started doing this early was so people would send in anything they found on contestants, anything they heard, to give production a heads up. They want like the public to do their job for them. I don't know why. But that's the reason they started doing this early, to see if they could get any information on something that problematic about a contestant that could possibly pop up. And that's what happened. And they cut her. I mean, this worked to how they want it to work. She shouldn't be upset with me. The show was probably happy I did this. But the fact that they cut her goes to show this is exactly why they do it early now. And they've done it for, gosh, I'd have to go back. I could probably ask Bachelor Data on this. But I want to say probably the last 10 seasons they've released the contestants early. Maybe more. I don't even know. Um, But like I said, Bachelor starts filming tonight at the mansion. So, you know, pretty much all the women have their Facebooks on private. I know everyone's watching follower accounts and stuff like that, but you can do that all day long. Uh, It's never going to give you 100% accuracy on who's home when because the show knows now that people are doing that. So they tell these women and men, you cannot, not only can you not go from private to public once you're eliminated, you have to wait until the season is completely done filming and then everyone goes public at the same time. But when you come back, you can't even start adding friend requests that you're getting while you're gone because clearly everyone's watching follower accounts and they, the show knows this and they tell them specifically, you can't add anybody, including people from the show. You can't do any of that social media stuff until everybody's home and until filming is done. So, I mean, some people will probably slip here and there and their numbers change by one or two and that gets other people freaking out. It's just like, whatever. Most people are not going to be able to tell anything by follower accounts. It's just the way it is. There are group dates coming up. I know that an email has been sent out to fans to attend group dates this week in L.A. Uh, the, the email that's circulating has a group date on the 30th and then one on the 3rd. So going by this schedule, filming starts tonight. Tomorrow will be an off day, and then they start dates um, on the 28th. So it would go group date, solo, It would go group date, one-on-one group date on the 30th, which is they're asking for fans to attend, so that's clearly a group date. And then um, our our second row ceremony will be next Saturday night, October 1st, which is Saturday. When you don't see Jesse Palmer on College Football Scoreboard next Saturday, you'll know it's it's a, uh, a row ceremony night. And then that means, um, yeah, so group dates on the email have been on the 30th and the 3rd. So this upcoming Friday and then the following Monday uh, are set for group dates and where they're asking the public to go. So I'm sure we'll get information on that uh, as it happens. couple things to end with here. First off, the Big Brother finale. You know, when Monty won the final competition... I thought to myself, whoever wins between Turner and Monty is going to win this thing. And I wasn't thinking. Now, 
when he eliminated Turner and it was a final two, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a closer vote. I said this, um, you know, back when we had Taryn on the podcast. I thought it'd be a close vote. It wasn't. Taylor blew doors on everybody and won AFP. First person to do that ever. And it just goes to show, not that Taylor's speech, final speech, won everybody over, but what she said in the speech made all the sense in the world. Because while Monty game-wise did better, there is no criteria for the jury to vote, well, whoever played the better game should win. Monty did play the better game than Taylor. He did. Had more wins overall. I'm talking just the game part of it. Socially, didn't piss anybody off. Like, people liked him. I don't think anybody disliked Monty. But Taylor made all the sense in the world in her finale speech. Just like, look, why don't we set the bar and change it? You don't have to vote on a season for based on wins and how you did in the house and stuff like that. Clearly, every jury member who was together in the house had all determined if Taylor's getting there, we're voting for her. Because the only one that didn't was was Turner, and he had just gotten out on stage. He didn't have time to talk to everybody else. So it made all the sense in the world. I have no problem with Taylor winning. I think it's a great win for her and the fact that shows how well she was liked by the public. It just made it, it, it you basically Taylor won because of her story. Bullied the first few weeks, five times up for eviction, escaped every time. She persevered, and I think she put it so succinctly when she spoke, like, hey, let's vote on the theme of the season. Let's vote for me on the th- because I was the theme of this season, perseverance. I have no problem with that. Monty played a better game, won way more stuff than Taylor did, in the end, it doesn't matter because it doesn't. You don't vote based on that. You vote on whatever kind of jury you have, just like Survivor. And I have no problem with uh, them voting Taylor to win. I really don't. I'm glad she did. Congratulations to Taylor Hale for winning Big Brother 24. And I had a question: Is the final two when Monty and Turner were competing against each other? Isn't it always a true false questions about the knowledge of your contestants? You know, I, it's funny because I sit back and I watch that. <laughs> And I'm like, I watched every episode this season. Did not follow along on the live feeds and stuff and whatnot. But I watched every episode this season, and there wasn't a chance in hell I could answer one of those questions right if you asked me. You know, who, you know, I, I, you know, they went down this color slide in this comp back in week five. And uh, I was on the block, uh, you know, before, you know, winning veto for the third time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, granted, I totally understand these people in the house know that they're going to have to know this stuff and they have 80 whatever days to sit there and memorize all this stuff because there's nothing else to do in that house. I get it. But gosh, as just an average viewer of this show, I wouldn't be able to answer any of those questions on the spot. Hell, you could give me an hour to answer each question and I wouldn't know. I, if I got any right, it'd be pure luck. I got a 33% chance of being right. But it does, it kind of amazes me, but then it also kind of doesn't because I'm like, they have to know this stuff. Number one, they know it's coming. And number two, what else are they going to try and memorize all season? They got, they have so much downtime there. But I, I think Taylor being a pageant girl certainly helped her. Her answers were, look, Monty didn't do bad with any of his answers. He was just repeating his resume of all the things that he won, which was great. But when the jury is allowed to vote however they want to vote, I just think they saw a a woman up there who persevered all season, 
came off eviction five times. It made all the sense in the world. I, I, I totally get it, and I'm, I have no problem with Taylor winning this season. One final thing to wrap up with in sports yesterday. I, I know the Buffalo ban- Bill bandwagon is probably careening off the tracks right now, but I just want to sh- tell Bills fans, while you guys have a great team and Josh Allen is a super stud, and yesterday's statistics – are just mind-blowing in how the Bills didn't win that game. Do you realize that the Bills ran 90 plays yesterday and the Dolphins ran 39? Do you realize the Bills had 497 yards of total offense and the Dolphins had 212? That's 100. That's 200. That's 300. Wait, no. 285 yards more than the Dolphins, and you had the ball for 51 more plays than them and you lost 21 19 however here's a statistic that is kind of concerning if you're a bills fan the bills are great front runners they blew out the rams in week one they blew out um tennessee monday night i mean not even close they're great great front runners when they're out in front and they're just blowing doors on people but did you know the bills are 0 six in their last one six one score games so kind of goes to show you keep it close with them you can win. It's great when they're up 35-7. But you keep it close, you can beat them. As evidenced, 0-6, the last six games they've played that were one-score games. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Bills are still going to be a, a, a serious threat in the AFC, if not be the number one seed. They're the best team in the AFC. But to say they're unbeatable, it's very easy to say that after they blow out the Rams and they blow out Tennessee in the first two weeks. You're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to win every game by three touchdowns. It just doesn't work that way in the NFL. You're on a short week playing a division road game. That had all the makings of a Miami upset. I might have had Miami. I might have sprinkled a little bit on the money line as well because that's what I saw. I didn't, I didn't take into consideration what they did the first two weeks. It doesn't matter. Short week, divisional road game. That is tough. To not only win, but cover four, four and a half, five, whatever you got the line at. So, Bills fans, I feel you. Your team is still good. Probably still the best team in the AFC. But it just goes to show uh, that they've got some, they've got some problems in the back end of their secondary. You heard it. You heard the announcers talking about it. Everybody back there is new, and let's see how mu- how long it takes them to gel because they did not look great in the secondary yesterday anyway thank you all for tuning in i really appreciate it um please rate subscribe and review an apple podcast tomorrow i'm going to come back with some tidbits on the women of zach season give you a little refresher on your bachelor in paradise spoilers plus talk some sports and uh, reality tv as well so thank you all for tuning in i really appreciate it and we will talk to you tomorrow see you